Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week I had the great pleasure to talk with supervising sound editor and sound designer Martin Hernandez for the film Birdman. Martin's been a longtime collaborator with director Alejandro Gonzalez in RE2, and this film starring Michael Keaton and Edward Norton raises the bar for storytelling with sound, music, and imaginative camera work. I had a chance to see this film a few weeks ago and was blown away by the collaboration between Martin, Alejandro, and drummer Antonio Sanchez. Now, I don't want to give too much away because there are a few spoilers, so go check out the film, come back, and you can check out this great conversation with Martin Hernandez. I hope you enjoy. First of all, I just want to congratulate you on the success of this film. Obviously, it's been out now for a few weeks and it's coming out in Mexico. When did you first find out about the project? When did um, when did Alejandro contact you and, and tell you about this concept he had? We are very close for you know many other reasons aside the the, yeah. the work. So I was able to hear about the project long long time when he was reading the book and yeah. getting into the script with uh, Alexander Dinalaris. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I got a copy of one of the first drafts and it was very interesting to see Alejandro yeah. trying to go that direction. Yeah. And w- you know, because yeah. it was a challenge for, for what he's used to do the way he's used to do it. Yeah, I mean, did you, did you guys have conversations early on, you know, when he had the script to give you that of how sound is going to play an important role and I mean obviously there's some like big cue moments of Birdman that really plays into what's going on screen but how much other direction did he give you early on? He's very driven by sound yeah and and music I think Alejandro has a a photographic memory (laughs) for sound yeah if he if he receives early works on drafts on one idea Mm -hmm. For sound design effects or even music, right? And there is this specific reverb delay length. Mm-hmm. He gets that, and he likes that. Yeah. And he wants that. What, what I mean, what is that like to have a director who's who's so tuned in to what you're doing? I'm I'm glad because yeah. uh, it it can be both ways. It can be <laughs> yeah. It can be a nightmare if you try to push away from that, which would be really stupid. Yeah. Uh, um, but I think uh, Alejandro has a very clear idea of everything around, everything around. Yeah. Uh, of himself, of the script, of the people, of the of the crew. I mean, he's a little bit everything yeah. in the film. I, what things have you learned over the years of working on you know several films with him? of why you guys work together. How would you describe your guys' collaboration? Uh, you know, we speak... Uh, one thing is that besides uh, speaking the same language, yeah, which certainly helps, even inside our language, there is like one Alejandro language. Yeah. And he uses adjectives or expressions that define a lot of what he wants yeah but are, are impossible to translate okay you know, he he speaks like uh, uh, things that are more subjective like poetic <laughs> things that yeah. are not written not it's not written poetry yeah for sure but there is some sound waked of this subjectiveness I'm just trying to translate in English what he expresses with yeah. some key words so 
that was one thing of the conversation. The second one is that he's a relentless researcher and he wants to try several things, not not because he doesn't know yeah. what he wants, just he wants to uh, hear more. He He's probably going to say the first thing he hears something, mm. if he likes it, he's going to say, okay, and then the next thing is, why don't we try also this and that? Yeah. And so on and so yeah. forth. Uh, how much of um, your pre-production time, when, when you have the script and you're talking with him, you see that, I mean, at that time, did you know that how he wanted to shoot it, that there'd be these long takes, and you're thinking about, you know, well, how are we going to get the sound that we need? And then obviously when you get back with your production tracks, are we going to be able to loop it? You know, what were some of those conversations of, of just kind of logistics that maybe concerns or challenges that you were kind of trying to take care of before they started shooting? You know, I think part of the joy of working with with him, we, we come from a very, very um, different concept of structure. Okay. Uh, the, the concept of order mm -hmm. in, in our society is very different. So uh, we learn how to work with schedules and plans and mm -hmm. stuff like that later. Yeah. But it's not in our in our system. Okay. You know, in in the US uh, it's it's very clear even when you're a little kid and you're in attending school already mm -hmm. you you belong to that grid in right. a good way. Yeah. But it's easier to always understand that uh, conversation. Sure. I'm saying this because one of the joyful parts of working with uh, different characters, such as Alejandro, is, is that he's willing to work away from that mm. and, and not only improvise in the best way possible, but also work with the guts, you know, try different things. Okay. So he's more, he's more driven by that. Mm. So we knew because even when I'm saying all this shit, the truth is that he knew that he needed a very concrete tempo for the actors, for mm. the lines, that would define the actual editing yeah. of the film. He was shooting, and at the same time, he was editing. Yeah. Because he knew that with such shots, there was no time to, you know, sneak in a shot sure. here and yeah. there. Which is exactly what he does. Yeah. On all his previous films, as you can tell, yeah. he has a, a palette of emotions that he can grab from. And uh, this was a completely different thing. So he knew he, he had a different grid now to work with. Yeah. And the same, it happened with us here because uh, the idea also of having no music at the beginning we were we were uh, touching the idea of not not using any music at all oh wow okay so later there was a couple cues just two cues of the drums because yeah. you see the drummer right. right so we were trying to use the drummer just in those sections there is going to be nothing until you see the drummer right sure, on screen, so yeah. we tried that and um and I knew we we wanted to uh, he wanted to work with Antonio Sanchez, yeah, an amazing drum. Yeah. So we knew that there was a chance to to do that. And then he got into the studio mm. and he recorded with Antonio twenty three tracks of yeah. cues. Yeah. 
to use pieces from it. And uh, so that was as much as I had we could get. Yeah. And at the same time, he wanted to have a very good production recording because it's the weight, you know, the, yeah. the whole thing. There, There is some looping in, yeah. in this film, but it's not a lot. And it, it wasn't because there was any problem with production sound. Mm. On the contrary, he, he wanted to change probably the speed, the tempo okay. of the of the dialogue, yeah. the, you know, the performance. He wanted to change the performance or even he wanted to change lines. Mm. Yeah. So there's a little moments here and there that the actors are, are saying different things and, mm. and the ADR than when they were performing. When you were working, you know, maybe when in pre-production and in production, at what point do you get that sense like, oh my gosh, this is a really special project and, you know, you're, you're kind of working on it by yourself and you haven't, it hasn't been shared with the world yet. Uh, how, do you yeah. just, how do you describe, you know, your headspace in terms of how, you know, with the production timelines and everything else, how do you creatively stay, you know, involved with, you know, the work? We, we talk about the film and we see the cut, we see that first, first cut and then you realize what the size of the beast is yeah because obviously there were a lot of the visuals that were not finished and the concept of having the drum tracks was not even there okay so the first thing we did was covering the scenes that he wanted to have with music so i started mm. working as a music editor mm. which is fine i like it because uh i'm very music driven also we both started working on the radio yeah uh, 30 years ago right so we used to cut music <laughs> yeah and, and we did promos you know and they have a certain tempo and speed and the way you talk and the whole thing so i love to do that uh, i love making trailers and promos because they you know they trigger these emotions in the audience that are precisely that thing condensed in a few minutes right so yeah i love the challenge of Grabbing from these 23 tracks, stereo tracks that Antonio Sanchez and him did. You see, and Alejandro, you can hear him in the track saying to Antonio in Spanish, okay, why don't we try to... Yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there they go. Yeah. So they have these, these tracks, right? So I grab piece that I like here, and then I put it when, to give an example, when Michael Keaton grabs the first time the computer and closes the lid and closes the computer, and he walks down to the rehearsal, and it says, Regan, they're waiting for you in the rehearsal, yeah. Regan. So you hear, and then you have another track there, another layer from, so you have two drummers, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so on. And imagine the possibilities. Yeah. So we, we spent four months wow. just doing the stereo, uh, palette of, uh, of of drum tracks mm -hmm. and then later we recorded so all of a sudden i am looking at the calendar and i have only a few months left sure. and i haven't touched i haven't touched the rest of the stuff yeah it, it, yeah i can imagine and also um because this film takes place in new york there's you know for people from new york there's a certain sound a certain energy uh, a noise level that that the, that the city carries yeah. How did you, how did you want to approach that? Because it takes place, you know, a lot of interiors, and yeah. But but yet you still get this sense of like this cacophony of sound outside. How, how, yeah. Yeah. That's a very good question because 
it does it does belong to a very specific zoo. Yeah. You know, every city is it's their own specific geographic town. In New York now nowadays, yeah. uh, in Manhattan or Broadway, the area of Broadway where the, this happens, I, I, almost on cue you hear a, a siren. Yeah. Right. Almost every time it looks like a, a like a joke. Yeah. Like someone is triggering a, a sample of a siren every right. now and then. So that's a lot. And then there's construction construction works. So you have that, but at the same time. Obviously, that doesn't tell you a lot, right? It, 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 and actually, can mess with your the tempo of the scene or the dialogue. So, it was all of a sudden we scratch our heads and say, "What really can tell something that is not already there on the scene?" Yeah. Because the dialogue is what matters. That that would be the very first thing yeah. to 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 approach. But that's not absolutely true, because we noticed that there were little spaces here and there just to sneak in very specific things now mm. which things that that was the other question like sure you have the reverse alarm of a <laughs> garbage truck but you also have kids when it's morning like to give an example there is this scene that it's a um time lapse from night to day sure yeah we are in the ceiling of the building, right? We are on top of the building outside, and you can hear leaking in the crowd leaving the theater down the street right below the characters, and it's only four, uh, three floor high, yeah, or something like that. It's not a skyscraper. Yeah. Anyway, so we start putting sounds there that tell you that it's night and then it's becoming later at night then there's a kid probably crying and <laughs> yeah. there's the siren and then there is the morning and then you start hearing bells and kids going to school and the the school bus yeah. and the trash truck and so on so all of a sudden we were pointing like that, mm. it's like a mosaic. Is that the word in English? Mosaic, like uh, a small square, another small square, and then another like small square, and you. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. The mosaic. And then, exactly, and yeah. then you zoom back and you see the whole thing. Yeah. But when you zoom in, yeah, you see a lot of work. There. Yeah. And, and so and, yeah, I mean, also there's the case of him going from the space, uh, the his own personal dressing room to the stages and. It seems like those edges could be, they, they could have been really rough, but you guys did such a great job of smoothing everything out so people are getting a sense of the movement through the spaces. It, I don't know, it, it seemed like a logistical nightmare for the, your production mixer, but. Um, no, you know what happened? The production mixer was very much in what he had to be, which was a dialogue. Yeah. So he was there. He did an amazing crew. You can imagine, I mean, an amazing job. You can imagine the crew that was on the camera walking. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, for walking on on, yeah. on stairs, wooden stairs, and wooden corridors. I'm saying quiet, did, yeah. Nailed it. He nailed it. He yeah. made an amazing, amazing job. But there was nothing, obviously. There was no sound around that. Yeah. As, as it should. And he recorded some product. He had the time. To get some production sound from the from the place, yeah. But then we realized that if we started cutting sounds 
not only backgrounds, but the rest of the stuff. And we started cutting the in the in the normal usual way to cut. We I realized that it was it didn't belong. Okay. It was like it was like going against the picture. So what I started trying to work was moving the elements. So rather than cutting backgrounds as backgrounds, mm-hmm. we just I, I, I thought with uh, I was having conversations with the first editors who started working with me, the cold sound designer Aaron Glasscock. Okay, he's an amazing guy, hmm. amazing. And Aaron and and Roland Ty, I started telling them, let's try to grab the sound, make it uh, move in the in the space, make it put it in a, in, a, in a moment where it really belongs, yeah. and then lose it. It's like coming on and off axis. Oh, nice. So it, it was everything was shifting. So the water pipeline was shifting. The fluorescent lamps were shifting. The sound came from the window mm. was shifting accordingly because the window is here in front of you. And then it's on the left. Then it's behind you. Yeah. And then the, 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 the coordinates inside the room change and move. Right. Yeah. So we started cutting like that mm. in the cutting room. Because we we thought if at least we have this idea in the space of a 5.1 here, then it's easier to communicate to the to the mixers when we mix mm-hmm. at the end. Nice. So everything was cut more like each element per you know right. per thing yeah. rather than oh effects and just yeah. put the tracks there whatever. Right. How much um, there's all there's all, all the kind of practical sounds, but then how, how much of a you know the Birdman, kind of this this magical world that the Birdman lives in. Those have a unique sound to them too. And how did you guys come about, you know, crafting those sounds for the Birdman character? You mean the voiceover, the character, yeah, the voiceover the and the the physical sound when he's actually introduced on screen. He's, you know, this winged fe- feather. You know, oh, winged, I see. I see yeah. that that scene. Yeah. Yes. Well. um it's funny with Alejandro, but I'm going to use your, 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 it's a very good question, your question, because I'm going to use it as a clear example of how Alejandro Head works. Okay. He was not concerned about the action scene at all. Mm. Because if there is something that you can easily find in Hollywood, it's that scene. Yeah, sure. So, and I'm not saying this because it's a lesser thing, of right, course. Right, I'm right. saying yeah. a lot of respect. Uh, actually, to do this properly, there's specialists that mm-hmm. no one can challenge them. Sure. You know, so yeah. I'm not saying this because it's a, oh, it's an action. Yeah, sure. No, no, no. It's, I not, mean, it's just not, it's not, yeah, it's not the first time that someone's heard an explosion or a fireball type of thing. Or or a robot. Yeah, a robot, yeah. Right. right. Yeah, so Alejandro was not really, really a lot worried about that because at some point, you know, you can nail it big time. So if it's going to go that way for a few minutes, yeah, it will go. Uh, and it was all about loud, what he says, right? Loud. Yeah. And but obviously, what he was more concerned about that mm. film at that point was yeah. how is the crowd inside the theater reacting. That was a major thing because he has, to give you another example, Regan returns from Times Square, enters the theater, Hmm. 
enters the room from the main door, right? He's naked with yeah. his underwear only. Yeah. Right? He screams the line. Yeah. And before, just a second before he screams the line, yeah. a couple girls, women, older women next to him sitting, watching the, the play, they look at him. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so he was more concerned about how much of that reaction we want right yeah and then how much of the reaction of the following rows the lines and and then you see some people looking at him yeah but they don't laugh uh they don't know if it's part of the play right yeah so all this conversation and how does the weight of a hundred seats in an old theater sound when it moves mm -hmm. you know it's not about the crowd laughing it's about the 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 actual <laughs> metallic theater yeah. seats shifting in a way right yeah how this uh, he calls it the the belly of the whale mm. the center of the stage mm -hmm. when you are as an actor standing in the center of the stage facing the crowd mm -hmm. that's the the belly of the whale it's a beast and it sounds like that so i don't know if you noticed you probably did mm. when regan walks from behind the theater mm -hmm. into the actual theater, then you hear this like universe opening. It sounds like that, like a like like you you feel goose goose goosebumps here, yeah. like oh, I'm I'm in front of, of an audience. Yeah. So those subtleness yeah. were what he was really going crazy after, right? So trying a lot of that and. Mm. Um, Aaron Glasgow designed this weight of the belly of the whale, yeah. you know? And then on the ADR, uh, I, I was very specific on this guy has this line and this guy says only this, but not that high, maybe more quiet. And yeah. only that woman laughs. So, you know, that, that specificity and, and, and the same happens when Regan and, and um, when Michael Keaton character and mm. Ed Norton's character are confronting each other, when the character of Ed Norton is drink is drunk, mm. and they are arguing, and then the crowd starts booing them, yeah. and then he turns to the crowd and says, "Come on, people, head alive!" Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. How much of that? We got to one point when I was I was so busy with other scenes on the movie and cutting the drums mm. and blah 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 yeah. that I asked. Be I was begging for help hmm. on on that scene because wow. only that scene took one month of wow. working, and it was cut by um, by um, uh, I I have to apologize for hmm. uh, Jeremy uh, his his last name he works at Warner he's an amazing yeah. sound supervisor also. Um, and my computer just collapsed. <laughs> I, can, I can look it so up for you. No worries. I'm trying to look at the... So Jeremy was helping a lot with that scene. He built the rea the crowd reactions. Yeah. Just the crowd reactions. Imagine how analytical can get with Alejandro. <laughs> and, uh, and then... Oh, Jer and then... Uh, Jeremy Pearson. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, a great guy, so... <laughs> You need people like that to, to help in very specific things. And obviously the same happened when the actual action scene yeah. 
it's several layer, layers of different sound effects editors working. We were adding stuff there all along through the mix. So we started cutting, and then in even the mix, we started cutting more, changing things. Mm. Peter Brown, who helped the very last uh, months uh, on on the on the show, yeah, he organized that scene in a very neat, nice way. Yeah. So where, where did yeah. you, where did you guys end up mixing this film? In uh, with John Taylor and Frankie Frankie Montano yep. in Universal. Okay. Fantastic, and because yeah. as you know, we 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 have mixed all Alejandro features with John. Yeah, and what what can you tell once you get to the stage? Is there still room? Is is are you and is Alejandro still interested in exploring how to manipulate with the sound? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, Alejandro Alejandro wants to keep testing and trying until. Until they they ask him to stop. Yeah, sure. Until they turn the lights off and yeah. He's gonna go. He's gonna go. He's gonna. <laughs> if we if we were allowed, we would be cutting and mixing now today. <laughs> Still working. Yeah. I mean, that's usually the yeah. case. You know, they, they they take it away from you, and that's when it's done. Yeah. yeah. And w- what can you say about just the post production period for you with this film? Because like I think there's things that maybe weren't maybe addressed, like the, maybe the sound of the Birdman or. The sound of the the how music is it's a it's an amazing thing how music comes in and people think I remember the time when it was um, the first time you see it there's a drummer in the scene and people like it was like they got fooled but they liked that because it, it, it to them it was it was a great story tor- storytelling tell tell me more about that because I'm curious yeah what was your your perception when you you actually saw the drummer for the first time. I thought it was great because what you did is it was it first played like it was you know a music track, but then when you see it, it I think it trailed off like it was a practical sound like the it, it I think it panned off as as the camera move went past it. Yeah, and people started thinking. I I think people started thinking differently about how sound played a role in this project because they realized that Michael Keaton's character. Something's not right, and something's not normal. And then the music starts doing that, and people start. Wait a second! Now the music isn't normal, and it, it. But it's okay because you've already established that there's this unnormal sense to the music and, and the sound. And that's kind of why I think when you know, I, I think people kind of had to let go and realize, oh wait, this is not a typical movie, you know. And, and that's that's kind of a good way to put you know, the sound in this film, it's, it's typical, but not typical. And I, I think people are leaning in a lot more because of, you know, how you guys played with your sound. And, and it just, it could have been done a very practical way and it would have been acceptable. But then, I don't know, I think when you and Alejandro get in a room, I can only imagine how many ideas, I mean, do you guys ever feel like you go too far? Like, oh, wait, no, we need to back this up. <laughs> or No, no, not really. <laughs> No, you, you know, because that's what I like about his films and, and you know, uh, films that have balls, mm-hmm. that have that. That's a good way drive. to put it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like that because you go for it. Yeah. And if you crash, then you will. But sometimes if you back up and you crash anyways, then it was not worth it. Yeah. And with Alejandro... If he fails or or succeeds, at least 
he was all over, you know, working as as far as as deep as as possible. To give you an example, precisely mm-hmm. on the scene we we're talking about. Yeah. When Michael Keaton uh, meets Ed Norton on the street, right? So they walk. Right. So the music we knew that we had the drum track, and we knew I I knew more about yeah. the technical thing that yes, you can add the reverb, the distance, the street feeling to the track. So in a very strict, normal way, when you have the separate tracks of the drum recording, you can do whatever you want uh, with that. So it's easy to shift from studio quality, interior, score, into field sound, production sound, feeling. But that's not true. Yeah. Because when we started doing that with the right tools, the right reverbs, the whole thing, right? Yeah. Something is telling you this is fake. Yeah. This doesn't <laughs> sound this doesn't sound like the drummer on the street. That's the truth. Mm. At least at least for us. Yeah. So we did was recording the track in the studio. And we had 32 microphones, so we have 32 tracks mm-hmm. for the drum set. Wow, okay. And then we do the same, the same cue, the same thing outside on the, on, on the back alley of the studio in the street. Yeah. And then I have a, a, a DPA 5.0 mm-hmm. microphone. Uh, I forgot the, the model number, uh-huh. but anyways. And, and I walk from with my laptop and the, the scene in, in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to do the same that the camera is doing. Yeah. At the same time, obviously, we are also with um, with the plant microphones yeah. in the street, far, close. So all of a sudden, I have for, the John, for John Taylor 32 tracks of studio recording. Wow. And then 32 tracks of street recording. And then that's only half of the problem. The, <laughs> yeah. the real problem, the real problem is that the, the the take is take is made out of different takes. Oh wow! So I have, I ha- I needed um, the what is the the biggest uh, Pro Tool system, the HDX. Oh, HDX, the, yeah, and sure, yeah. Five hundred and something yeah. crazy. No, yeah, yeah. We have four because uh, there were, you know, uh, A B A B A B. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and you have just on the same time, sometimes you have three different takes just for the hi-hats. Oh, my gosh. Shit. Yeah. It was crazy. And, and you said, sudden, yeah, you said you're, you're spending for three, four months just prepping the... Yeah, four, four months. But that was the stereo track. <laughs> that was the stereo one, yeah. That was the stereo track. Then, then we went to the studio, oh. and we did the recording of all this with Antonio now watching the film. Oh, wow. Okay. Hearing, hearing my cut. And then we re- recut that again. <laughs> so if you see that session, you want to cry. Yeah. If you that session, it was like. Shh. Well, I mean, even I was looking at the soundtrack last night, and and there's when you look at the number of moments that there is music that comes in, it's incredible because it's so now that becomes a character in the film. It's acceptable to have this dry. It helped. I think it helped with editing. I think it helped kind of connect yeah. scenes together. It, it's such a yeah. glue. And I, yeah. I can only imagine that once you guys establish this kind of um, unique character, that. But nothing. That's a very good question because nothing is sure. No, nothing yeah. is certain. 
we were we were also at the very beginning thinking maybe th- maybe this is just boring you know maybe <laughs> having a lot of drums yeah at one point maybe in the middle of the movies that okay enough of the drums come on guys yeah do something right yeah i mean luckily it didn't happen that way i don't know he's a really good player and he plays some interesting parts so i remember when i saw yeah. the trailer this is you know a month or two some so, so many months before the film came out and i remember you know in the trailer like it it's playing up that that drum and people are interested because they haven't seen that use of drums before and, and sound that yeah. way and i think that was it's such kind of, it's it's kind of like a, a forewarning of what's to come it's it's like a yeah, you know, this is. Wait a second, Edward Norton, Michael Keaton, Birdman. None of this makes sense. There's no. There's no sense of any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when you leave the theater, everything makes sense. You're like oh, this is just a crazy world that that these guys live in, and, and that Alejandro and, and you live in in a way, and we're just gonna accept it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so now now that the film is out, like. What what can you tell people, those who have seen it? You know, what is the takeaway from the project? What 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 can you look back and say, oh, that's something I wouldn't expect, or you know, something that you learned from this process? You learn a lot from your failures. I I learn mm-hmm. I I learn from my limitations, which are vast mm-hmm. and uh, and are scary. I mean, my limitations are so eloquent; they yeah. are really really scary. Yeah. And and I learned from that because I touched the fear and I feel like I I I, I should I should just just quit. I mean, uh. I should do something uh, different. So it's so challenging, uh, not only because each one of us have have our own limitations, however they are, but it's also challenging because Alejandro is challenge. He's a challenger. He likes to challenge. He he wants to. Poke the beast all the time. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then he gets a reaction, and that's what he's expecting. So yeah. when you are working with him, there is a lot of learning on on the process of failures. But then you realize, oh well, it, it, it wouldn't be any 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 other way different. Wow, it wouldn't work. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was a lot of fun to talk about this. Uh, the other way. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, you know, what's coming up for you? What's what's coming down the pipe for your, your next projects? I'm I'm in love with one project, uh, a small project I'm doing for Joe Swanberg. Uh-huh. He did Drinking Bodies. Yeah. Which is a movie I love. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he was the actor of another film I worked with that went to Berlin. Uh-huh. Josephine Becker's Thou Vast, Mild and Lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. So he's the main character, the main actor there, and he's a director in his own right. So he's doing this film, mm-hmm. and we're gonna do that. I'm I'm starting to cut that one, and next year hopefully, yeah. uh, I'm working on another feature uh, for for Sean Penn as uh, director. Oh, fantastic! I, well, that's the thing when I, I when I saw that you worked on Into the Wild in 2007, that's yeah, one, that's one of my favorite films, and I, I just I can, I can only imagine what you guys are up to next. <laughs> It's 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 she's shooting now in in Africa yeah and uh, he's an amazing sensitive guy it, you it, can tell that in we it's it's somehow you got grouped with a bunch of directors who don't like to go by the rules at all who kind of like yeah. to go off on their own which yeah as a sound person I can imagine could be a lot of fun too so Martin thank you so much for your, for your time and you know for people who Thank haven't you. seen it they should go see this film and 
I can't wait to see this next your next projects because uh, all the work that you do is it's so great. It's there's so much passion and attention to well, detail. Well, you know, you know, as as you know, in this business, you are uh, it's it's a work of of a crew of a team. Yeah, and I've been blessed with amazing editors and people that work with me. Nothing can be done. I mean, my name is there, but it's Alejandro's name, it's Aaron's name, Roland's name, Jeremy's name, Peter's name. You know, it's it's a lot. (laughs) You know that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you again, man. I look forward to chatting next time on your next project. Thank you. All All right. right. Talk to you soon. And and I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Soundworks. Oh, thank you. It's a lovely place.